Gatorade is actually different um, for, like, what you see them, like, have on the football field and all that stuff. You mean the mixed stuff? Yeah, the the stuff they actually mix is way different than what you get in the in the jugs and the bottles and all that. I honestly just assumed on the sidelines they always just had water because it's fucking Gatorade. Well, no, the Gatorade actually like there's something to it. Like having, yeah, I, I assume none of you ever played football or anything like that. I ran track. The real Gatorade is actually kind of salty. Like there's. Makes sense. Like actually. it's it's got with the some, sweat yeah. replacement. Like it's got some of that going on in it, and it um it's definitely different. I don't like it better. I'm not saying it like, but it's different. And it's richer. It's not as watery. Like it's the flavor and like everything is much stronger. Oh, then. But then there's also you always hear about the weirdos on the team that like they have their Gatorade cut with water different than the other guys. So they <laughs> got to make sure you get them the right water bottle. Oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> I can I can remember portions. Well, I would say when you're making though when you're making a minimum of like seven hundred grand, you know it makes sense to like make sure that guy's getting the right Gatorade mixture. Yeah, that's a rider in his contract. <laughs> Probably, honestly, it might be. I haven't, I haven't read like an me. NHL contract in you a have while. Your personal water but boy. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Oh, if we get if we were the type that just like named the episodes from the cold open, oh, that's like there's your yes. title, personal water boy. <laughs> I've been listening to another podcast that does that, and like for the last six months, I've been like, I wish Brian would have done that. He does. <laughs> water is better. <laughs> so you better have found something to use for the cold open. Um, we did like an hour. Yeah, there's there's something in there. I'm sure there's got to be a couple in there. And if you yeah, if you can't use it for a few episodes. if you can't use it for anything else, just end the episode right before the music. Even like five seconds after the music starts at the end, cut it dead silent and just put in personal pool boy. Start the music back up. <laughs> personal water boy, you mean? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want a personal pool boy, Josh? Yeah, Josh is just speaking. Do you want to be a personal pool boy? So now for the cold open, Again. edit in the part where he says <laughs> personal water boy, and then now then edit in right after that Josh fucking up the line. <laughs> Again, it's the whole very, end credit scene. Very long COVID, okay? Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Lebig. Joining me for this episode is someone who we recently let out of the mother box, Andy No Note Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Next is our very own boy wonder who is very much not dead, Josh Zorch. I mean, that's always a plus for me. When I show up to the show realizing that I'm still alive, that makes me happy. Uh, the next guest is presented in mono to preserve Zack Snyder's vision, Mike Bradley. I don't understand my intro. Stereo. Stereo. Mono. No, I get stereo. Mono. So wait, so you're saying like I'm the four by three of the group? I mean, technically, I guess we all are mono, but yeah, we're going to single you out for the intro. 
Yeah, but like you guys are all widescreen, and I'm four by three. Is what you're saying? <laughs> sure. Yes. God damn. Oh, I thought it was a reference to IMAX. the to the black and white. But uh, finally, we've wondered if, what his superpower is, but I think it's safe to say he's rich in podcast. Ian Leidick. I do hope I'm dead every time I appear on this show. <laughs> <laughs> so we have one that's glad he's alive, and one that wishes he was dead every time we do this. This is great. This is so great. <laughs> what? Fuck. <laughs> That's morbid. That's more morbid beginning. <laughs> so when Ian just stops talking halfway through, we know what happened. <laughs> I can't see right now. <laughs> uh, all right, so we are here to finally talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. This has been a long time coming for this one. Uh, and I'm going to do it early just because I don't know where we're, when we're going to go off the rails, but I feel like it'll probably be sooner rather than later. So I'm going to throw out the spoiler alert to, just to cover our asses going forward. So if you've not seen Zack Snyder's Justice League and do not want spoiled on anything, pause this now, come back after seeing the film. We might not get right into spoilers, but from this point on, all of spo the spoilers for this movie are fair game. So this is your last call. Spoilers to follow. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so we got that out of the way. So we're going to talk about a little bit about the movie, try to give you a little bit of a refresher before we get into our discussion. Uh, so if you have not been following along like and you're wondering what the hell Zack Snyder's Justice League is why is that different than the last Justice League so Snyder's Justice League is a four-hour cut of was ultimately Snyder's original vi vision for the movie this was meant to be the culmination of Snyder's DC trilogy after Man of Steel and BVS uh, when the movie was originally released in 2017 Zack Snyder had to back out due to a personal tragedy and Warner Brothers had picked Joss Whedon coming off of the success of two Avengers movies to finish this movie um, at the point in time when this was going on and S Snyder left and Whedon came on, Warner Brothers was having some mediocre success, uh, I think, with their with their DC properties. Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad all did pretty well at the box office, I guess, by, by normal movie standards. But WB didn't consider them hits. They they seemed to fall below WB standards. Wonder Woman was, the, was released the same year as Justice League, got good reviews, did pretty well at the box office. So that was the only one that seemed like it came out fairly positive from everybody. Uh, BVS actually made more money than Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman was still the one considered a hit when BVS supposedly fell short. So I'm going to hit you guys with a trivia question. We'll see if anybody knows this, because I was looking at box office numbers for the, the DCEU movies, <clears throat> which from this list include Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Aquaman, Shazam, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 1984, and right now Zack Snyder's Justice League. So out of those movies, does anyone know the only one to cross $1 billion worldwide? Aquaman. Yeah, that is correct. I feel like, I for me, Wonder I'm Woman looking had. at the list, I mm -hmm. that would have been my first guess, was I, I, I could have sworn I it was Wonder did. Woman. Yeah. Yeah, Wonder Woman topped out at $821 million worldwide. Still not bad. Um, BVS, I think, was the next one after that, 873. Um, and then Aquaman, 1.148 billion. That's nuts. Wow. Jason that Momoa is, not the is one a I would have chosen. than people give it credit. Well, the other thing, too, is looking at the breakdown, Aquaman fucking blew away other like outside non-domestic like domestic it only did 335 million 
which is high f- compared to the other movies, um, but it's not the best out of all the other ones. Wonder Woman was still th- was the highest domestically. Mm-hmm. Uh, other territories, it made eight hundred and thirteen million dollars overseas, which is nuts. Which is uh, somewhere around two hundred fifty million more than any other DC movie. Did they all get full Chinese releases? That's a good question. I don't know. The little breakdown I'm looking at from Wikipedia does not list where all it went. So I'm, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, so anyway, follow, going back to Justice League and sort of what happened, the fallout from all that stuff. So when Justice League came out, it didn't perform very well. There was always rumors of some sort of Snyder cut, that there was enough shot when Snyder was on the film to piece something together to get something released. I honestly always thought that the possibility of seeing the Snyder Cut was impossible. Like, I sort of, I, I feel like acknowledged that it existed. I could believe that there was enough unused footage to cut a much longer version of the film somewhere. I never thought Warner Brothers would let it see the light of day. Um, you know, the rumor had always followed that the fans were very vocal about their support. Just like everything else on the internet, it had no, it had its fair share of trolls and people that didn't really care, just wanted to poke at people on the internet, so... This this is kind of where I wanted to start because I think this it's less about the movie but more sort of like the fallout from this kind of stuff. So for anyone that happened to listen to this, that I guess is are fans of this movement, supported this movement, raised money for charities, did all the right things to generate buzz for this movie. I want to congratulate you on your success because this is a success. You got this thing made. For the people that use this excuse to spit a bunch of hate on the internet, I'm going to assume a lot of you people are the same that use The Last Jedi for the same excuse. Fuck all of you and go find something else to support. Uh, But that brings us to an interesting point. So now that the Snyder Cut has released, and I think we've talked about it before, and I'm still kind of curious what comes of this just to see where it goes, but the fact that WB released this movie because of fan support for it, I believe has... Boldened people of this movement, whether you're on the good side of it or the bad side of it. Basically, you told them whatever tactics they used the first time around have worked. And there's already been pushes for... I've seen a lot of the hashtags from a lot of these same groups for release the air cut, restore the Snyderverse. I've even seen some people start using release the Lucas sequel trilogy. Like, this shit's never going to happen. Uh, WB has gone on record saying they have no intention of releasing an air cut of Suicide Squad. They have no intention of considering continuing the Snyderverse which is already a bit confusing considering we'll be seeing a lot of these actors in other role, like in other movies with these roles. So Aquaman 2 is still happening. Wonder Woman 3 is green light, greenlit. Ezra Miller will be back as The Flash for his movie with the inclusion of Ben Affleck's Batman. Really, the only real question is whether or not Cavill comes back as Superman at some point. We really don't know one way or the other for that yet. But uh, either way, a large part of WB agreeing to this was to allow Zack to bring his vision to life, finish the trilogy the way he intended. Uh, WB right now has other plans for movies and have no plans to continue this story. So for anyone holding on, thinking this could breathe new life into the Snyderverse, it seems that that is very unlikely. I don't want to say it will never happen. What's that? Does WB have plans for their movies? They, they, somebody, <laughs> they? whoever, whoever is in charge of like WB Entertainment or or the DC properties right now, they keep saying they have other stuff planned. They don't say what those plans are, other than like, oh, I wonder why. Yeah, we're, it's we're almost working like they don't stuff. exist. <laughs> I think that's definitely something we can take away from this: is that Warner Brothers' mismanagement of their DC properties is very evident. 
Um, in Every that, couple of years, it seems like that management gets fired. So yeah, right. Well, it's not even just them. I think it's Warner Brothers as a whole is the problem. Which like could they be, or just an issue with their own. They can't get out of their own way and create that quality content. Yeah, like, it, it's like the whole point is like is like look at, like Marvel didn't release the Eternals right after the Avengers. Like they have a plan where you would get these smaller movies out there with the less known characters. WB is just like fuck it, just release shit. I don't, I don't know what we're doing. You guys know what we're doing. I don't know. It seems very reactionary. Like we're gonna put a couple things out, see how it goes, and then pivot based on reactions, which yeah. I don't know if is the best way to do it. For a plot, no. You write a story. You don't write a story based on fan reaction. You write your story, and that's how you get your story across. Oh, didn't that work for Star Wars? That movie made a lot of money. Oh, don't even get me started on that shit. Oh, <laughs> well, this this is a unique animal in the nexus of all those different points, and and that's that. It, it I don't want to say it can't be replicated, but this goes, in my opinion, goes so far beyond just the simple fans rallied and quote demanded something from art producers and campaign paid off and they got what they petitioned for the only reason the thing potentially existed in the first place that you didn't get it in the first place was because the original creator stepped away the people financing it brought in replacements who did a hack job on it and the people no hearing production rumors that there was enough uh alternate footage still available to piece together that original vision you know tried to make a pr campaign there is no such stupid thing as like oh yeah well i'm angry at the last season of game of thrones so remake it better Re remake those petitions exist i know I they do but, that, that. but that's the difference and that's but, but that's there's why like a non-zero chance that'll happen though <laughs> but that's i would have said the same i would have said the same about the Snyder cut though i so but i there, I, 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 there, there's an there's an easy delineation to make between the circumstances that led to even the availability of the material to put the Snyder cut together, and if 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 Whedon had been hired from the beginning, or if Snyder had started and only got twenty five percent of the movie shot, the fact that Whedon with Warner Brothers encouragement and support changed so much hacked half or more of the story away and then just delivered a a a thing that people really didn't like is just very different than like okay so what am I going to do I'm going to start a petition I want to see Scott Derrickson's Doctor Strange 2 give me the Derrickson cut that's not a thing there that's not a thing that can come to fruition disney is going to give everyone the finger and say shut up we're not going to remake an entire movie because the one you got you didn't like there's nothing about the thing you want to see that even exists we're not starting from scratch that's what made this so unique to begin with so i don't think you can extrapolate a lot from now i i i get what you're saying and i think fan groups will and media sites will pounce on this stuff to write about it as if it's like apples and apples, but it's apples and oranges. It's it's just not because well, it comes same. down to it. Essentially, this this gives a precedence. 
So now this is this is the thing everybody can point to and say, well, this happens. So why can't I get this? Well, that, I think that's going to that's how it's going to be. Idiots a precedence and in trolls a precedence, but it doesn't yes. give a precedence like Josh is saying to something real because this footage mostly they did do some reshooting, some new things got made for this, but it was very limited. Most of this was all stuff they already had, right? And additional post when that happens, that they never finished initially. Yeah. I mean, what do they want somebody to re-edit the end of Game of Thrones to make them happy? It's not going to happen. Just get over it. If you didn't like the ending, shit happens. You just got to move on. Like, it, I, that's ideally, how, that's yes, how the world that's works. what that's what I would like to see. I'm afraid we're not going to get that. Well, let's put it this way: I I don't think it's going to silence any of the people that are pushing for this stuff anyway. Like, I I feel no. like it's just going to get worse. Granted, nothing might nothing to Josh's point and your point. I don't see anything coming of it. I see these studios shutting it down and not doing anything about it, but it's going to make that internet chatter more prevalent and you're going to see a lot more of it going forward, especially over the next couple of years. But this is not the precedent. The precedent is the Star Wars movie. That's the precedent. This is the second thing that happened that made it a trend. The fans have the power now and can make changes. Mm. Like We got completely rid of all the plot points from this, um, the seventh Star Wars movie. The eighth star wars movie to make the ninth one right that was already from fans going out there and putting their heart into saying hey you guys fucking suck at making shit suck shit dicks <laughs> and then what did you get you got in episode nine and now we got the snyder cut the fans are back in power we're getting firefly season two through seven <laughs> it is back baby they put szechuan sauce in mcdonald's for a limited period of time <laughs> see it's a new I x files came back <laughs> <laughs> I, I will to, say... to be clear, Go ahead. The, the, the rise of Skywalker and the Snyder Cut had two vastly different results from the fans uh, getting their input listened to. One was really good and one was really garbage. So, uh, I agree entirely. So I guess on that point I want to talk about, I think the Snyder Cut might be the worst film Zack Snyder's ever made. I I was appalled watching four hours of absolute fucking garbage on HBO Max. I could not believe my eyeballs when I had to sit there and be like, wow, Joss Whedon's creative vision really set the tone for this movie. And it was the definitive version of this film in half the time. It truly was the, the Whedon's masterpiece. And it proved and it definitively proved that unlike Louis C.K., Joss Whedon doesn't need someone to look at his dick to get off. He can just get off without Feige being involved. So I want to remind everyone that we are recording today on April 1st, so this is probably an April Fool's joke. <laughs> also, the views of Ian Leidick are not reflected on the podcast as a whole. So, and I, and <laughs> also, I, I gotta say, even it, for an April Fool's joke, with all the shit going on with Joss Whedon, it's kind of, I mean, it's in bad taste. <laughs> I just thought of that Louis C.K. joke. I had to write it down. <laughs> so, so that wasn't even just off the cuff. You, I mean, you, you, you're aware of the stuff that happened with Whedon, right? Oh yes, okay. I am. That's so why you made the joke, anyway. and that's why Good. I did the. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I have courage in my. I, I just want to make sure we. I just want to make sure we are on that razor's edge. You know, what I mean, we're right there on that edge. <laughs> I know. I'm, I know. I'm getting cut from this. I'm writing the time code down now. It's getting cut. <laughs> um, I, I know we'll get into story comparisons and content and all that impressions uh, soon. I'm sure, but given actually, I I want to hear Andy's opinion based on what like some of the stuff we were just saying because he's 
the only one like he uh, up until just for the listeners right andy you up until this week you watched the snyder cut first you never saw the original theatrical i never saw the original 2017 justice league like the original theatrical cut yeah that uh joss whedon finished from snyder's vision or whatever Mm -hmm. never saw it wanted to but just eh. everyone sort of just said it was very meh so i was like eh if I ever get around to it, I'll get around to it. I'm not like going out of my way or whatever. So sure. My first uh, watching of the movie was the Snyder cut. So, so just for to, to get a baseline, I guess for everybody, did anybody else go back and rewatch any of the trilogy stuff, like Man of Steel, BVS, Justice League, any of that stuff prior to? I didn't make it like homework for anybody. It was purely if you wanted to. Um, no, but this is what I'm going to reveal my darkest podcast secret. I still haven't seen Man of Steel. Really? Yeah, that's the movie I've been telling you I've never seen, but didn't want to tell you. <laughs> that that I movie's think I've actually it on here. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I actually really like that movie. I think Josh Same. made the comment to me because I think you rewatched Man of Steel, right? Yeah, we. And we, I think Josh we did Man of Steel. Had made the comment that it's, it was better the, this time around too for him. Yeah, I think this is only the third watch in what eight years that movie's been out, and it's like it, it always just ends up it ends up being several years in between. But every like the criticisms of how ste- stepping back from the criticisms of like just what happens in in the apex of that movie, um, just the way that the movie was shot and created and whatnot, always feels better to me every time. Yeah. Uh, Mike, did you rewatch any of these or no? Um, I rewatched BVS. Tried to rewatch the Whedon Justice League. Couldn't yeah. get through that. Um, but I didn't rewatch Man of Steel. I think that's okay. just a um laziness issue for me because I own I don't own Man of Steel digitally, so it was a I'd have to go go open a DVD in and yeah. You know, <laughs> All that shit. Is it not on HBO Max? Uh, you know, I don't know. It was, because <laughs> that's where I watched it. Um, I, I, want, I own the other ones on Amazon, so I, th- I figured I just watched them there. I didn't know that. I didn't even think, like, oh, yeah, HBO Max. The same uh, yeah, the, I watched the Snyder Cut. Yeah, the Switch streams. <laughs> yeah. uh. <laughs> that's a whole other button. <laughs> probably logging in. Yeah, you son know. of a... It's a different password, and I used a carrot on that one. <laughs> Requires an update. Fuck this. <laughs> so everyone else had seen, other than Andy, had seen Whedon's cut, like the theatrical cut of Justice League, correct? Yes. Like yes. prior to this, not like leading yeah. up to, but at least you've seen it at some point. Okay. In theaters. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I rewatched Man of Steel. I rewatched BVS leading up to Snyder Cut. And then after Snyder Cut, I actually went back and watched Whedon's cut of Justice League, just for comparison's sake. Um, did anyone else, Mike, you said you tried, you didn't finish. Ian or Josh, did you go back and watch Whedon's Justice League? No. No? Okay. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. So, before, I guess we'll, we'll just spin from there, but Andy, coming in completely fresh to Snyder's version, and then watching Whedon's version, any takeaways immediately from that? they're very different um and i prefer very heavily the snyder cut yeah i think that's fair um the the 
theatrical cut, we'll call it the Whedon cut, um, was it lacked vision in my opinion, and it it lacked a lot of motivation. Um, and there were a lot of, I thought, sort of poor trying to make it light-hearted attempts in it. Tone is definitely different. Yeah, it was like watching yeah. a turtles movie. Yeah, it was, <laughs> oh, don't you uh, do it. <laughs> it seemed it seemed to be gonna, very. We're gonna start rollicking. making a bingo card for these episodes. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, the main differences that I that I noticed just straight off the cuff is Steppenwolf is way fucking cooler in the Snyder cut. Like yeah. between his armor, his voice, his demeanor, his motivations are much more apparent. Because right from the get go, he he's talking to Darkseid, and you know, just um, I wonder who made that choice to have Steppenwolf look like he did in the original. Because people who were like, trying to save money, yeah, because like, yeah, like they, all the mocap, I'm assuming, still the same for the most part. It's just like, why? Like, if you clearly could have just done this. It's more time Why and money to keep up? his his armor animated yeah. than to just give it stale, well, shiny looking stuff. Too. Face yeah, was and much I feel like realized. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, was the vo- was the voice acting different too? They did different effects on the voice. It was okay. the same voice actor. Yeah. Okay, they modified the voice. Okay, yeah. which after the Whedon cut, I'm sure Syrian Hines was like, "Thank God you cannot tell that's me." <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there anything else, Andy? You want to uh, bring up? Um, for the, I guess the comparison sort of between the two. I think. The cyborg looked drastically different too. Cyborg sounded drastically different. I definitely preferred his voice in the Snyder cut. Um, and I, I enjoyed his story in the Snyder cut way more than I enjoyed his story. In... He actually has a story in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just sort of like running around doing his own fucking thing the whole time. You're just like, why do you matter? Yeah, and you actually yeah. figure out that he matters, you know, in in the Snyder cut, which I really dug. Um, the Flash didn't change too much. They changed so. a little bit, like I guess w- with his character. Like, so it's one of the things I noticed too was that uh, in the Snyder cut, Flash is a little bit more confident in his abilities and what he does and oh, fighting true. crime they, and stuff. They did in do the that. Whedon cut. Yeah. He's much more unsure of himself. That's right. He was like, I don't fight. And he did tell Batman that, and he's like, just save one person, and then you'll Which, know what to And do. I like that exchange between the two of them. I think that line of dialogue is very good, and I like that aspect of it. There there are points of, I, I think I might have mentioned this to Ian, but there are points of, of Whedon's cut that I enjoy. I don't like it overall compared to the other two, to, compared to Snyder's, uh, but there are definitely things I would nitpick out and say, oh, I'd like to cut this into Snyder's because I think it adds something there. What? See, I, I think Josh got it right. We're calling you guys keep calling it the Whedon cut. It's the Whedon hack job, and <laughs> the hack job definitely was trying to portray Flash more as like a very early like Spider-Man type character, where yeah. he's always cutting jokes and doesn't really believe in himself, and he's got Mister Wayne instead of Mister Stark trying to like teach him the Needs ropes and give him confidence. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were definitely trying to like do that. That's the thing that like they decided to do with the Flash in that, and in this one they kept him with the jokes, but it was more like a I'm going to keep it with the Spider-Man thing. Like a, a Spider-Man that's been around the block before. Yeah. That's been to Midtown and been to Manhattan. It was very more that. He knows what brunch is. Like, you know, he's not a dumb kid. 
but he's still the youngest one on the team. So he still has some of that, like, oh, you know, maybe like I can't fight arch demons and shit. And he's still in all of Superman, but he's not like useless. Yeah. Like, and he can think up his own things on how to contribute. I completely forgot about that brunch exchange in the weed and cut. That's not in Snyder's at all. Yeah. Well, that's not in Snyder's. The thing where he draws on the guy's face in jail is not there. The Dostoevsky joke is not there. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, those Russian, those Russian people aren't even in the Snyder cut. Yeah, that was all. I didn't, I didn't really think they needed to even be in it. No. Honestly, I didn't no. think they added any sort of flavor to anything. You just needed a, they, a they, human they, avatar element to identify that you're 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 not these powered people, so you're in danger too. They're the yeah, people right. we identify with, and, and that needs saved. Meanwhile, they just give the one in. line of dialogue in the Snyder cut, just like they did in BVS, where it's like wherever this climax is taking place, oh, there's no civilians there. It's empty. It's abandoned. Like just put that line of dialogue in, and it gives you a get it get out of jail free card to do whatever. They yeah, hell you because want. because it was still you know nuclear. Well, which you know, made waste honestly, yeah, which land. made sense to me. I didn't really question yeah. that in this version. I didn't like, question okay, it's it a either. Chernobyl then, type of place. It yeah, wouldn't it, right. it, it wouldn't be inhabited and. With some of the other, you know, cosmic bullshit you're feeding me, would it make sense for this being to center himself there for some reason? Yeah, sure. Not a problem. Right. I can buy that. Let's and go. I, I didn't really care for uh, Whedon Hackjob's um, <laughs> portrayal of, like, Batman trying to get um, Diana to be a leader. Like, I didn't really care for that little thing at all. I, I that makes sense to me given when this movie was released, which was after BVS kind of flopped and Wonder Woman was such a success, the note probably from the studio was bump up Wonder Woman. So okay. there are added scenes with her and Batman all over that movie. Right. Yeah. They also try and push the like Bruce and Diana like flirting stuff a lot heavy. Like yeah. it's, it, it's not really in the Snyder cut. There's like the brief hand touch scene, but other than that there's no flirting but like the Whedon hack job is is a is a love story with them adopting the flag. Well, the, the Snyder cut actually kind of portrays them all as kind of lusting after her, with yes. the exception of Superman. Yeah, yeah. they don't show him do it because he's not around for a lot of the movie. But I they, I really dug the uh, black and silver Superman costume that he dons in the Snyder cut. I really yeah, God, dug that. Yes. That was very cool. Oh, God. Yeah, the. Um, <laughs> The final fight was incredibly more well explained about their strategy. What did they want to do before they even went in there? You didn't even know in the it, like if I had just seen just the Justice League, um, they don't even explain how they're going to try and get in. He Batman doesn't say there isn't even there isn't. They don't even explain that there is a tower that they needed to take down. That there was a shield. Nothing. Anything. Nothing. He's just like I'm going to go take down that tower. Like, this is the first time hearing about said tower. What the fuck are you talking about, you know? I just have my like, car guns. I'm going to take down the tower. Yeah, just like, what? Like, <laughs> I knew because I already seen, I had seen the Snyder Cut, but I was like, wow, this is very, like, spotty information at best. And it's like, a, they they didn't go into it in any of the Snyder movies either, but it, it at least gives some of that, like, he is a detective thing to Batman back. Compared to, like, the hack job where he's just the rich dude. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, because I, I guess, like, the other big difference was him knowing about the aliens in the hack job. 
He knew they were coming, but in the Snyder cut, he just knows he needs to get allies. Which, you know, because... the the part I think we keep I don't know, I don't know if we're, we'll get to it or sort of bring it up, but if you think about it, like the Whedon cut d- did what it needed to do. The studio notes from the studio or I'm assuming were get it to 2 hours. The, obviously, Snyder's cut is double that, so there's no way a four-hour movie is going to make it into the theater. So even if Snyder stayed on to the film, I can't imagine we're going to get a three-hour, maybe three hours at most. Yeah. So something else is going to get cut from the Snyder cut. So how much do we lose? The, like this is. The, you just get it I all think it's considered in... this is this is the best case scenario to get his version of the movie to yeah. release it to HBO Max, not in theaters, to put everything he had in the movie. So for a movie that was lacking story because they didn't give this give the movie time to flesh things out, this the Snyder cut does what it needs to do, which is fill in the gaps. Well, I think it's the same like Watchmen, where you got your theatrical cut, you even got a different extended cut, and then you got the actual like four hour Snyder cut of Watchmen, where it's what he really wanted his vision to be for the movie. And he put it out there, but he wasn't allowed to do it in theaters. He wasn't allowed to even do it on the normal Blu-ray release. He had to do it on the special edition, you can only get this cut here release. And I could see that sort of going through. Like the theater theatrical cut for Justice League under Snyder would have been two hours, two and a half. Eventually, a year down the line, maybe a year and a half, we get the ultimate cut that has the four-hour version of what we've just seen somewhere in a box set somewhere to get some more money out of everybody. Right. I, I, to be fair, though, I think there there's a lot of. I mean, I, I'll say this. I, my my personal feeling is that similar to his own Batman versus Superman regular versus Ultimate Cut type thing. I I do think the Snyder Cut personally is a better version of the presentation of that movie compared mm-hmm. to the theatrical. That said, there's still a fair amount of that product that I could be critical of. Yeah. Just in, in and of itself. Um, like, especially if you're talking about time and whatnot, you don't need that entire, what is it? Five to 10 minutes of the flash applying at a dog store and saving <laughs> Iris in a car wreck. That does nothing. <laughs> Literally does nothing. It was a cool thing for a director and a special effects department to create, good for them. That's awesome. That's a good professional accomplishment. For that character and for that story overall, that entire thing, you don't need that. There's I feel other, like... other pieces that I think you could streamline as well. But, I, I mean, it, it, did, it did its job better. But it's still definitely not... Like, it's definitely still far from perfect. Well, you think, too, like, coming into this movie when Snyder was attached to it, this movie had to do a lot of heavy lifting, which was sort of the reverse. We talked about it, you know, even when the movie was coming out, the reverse of what Marvel did, which is this is the team-up movie to spin into solo movies instead of doing what Marvel did, which was set up the solo movies and then go into a team-up. So we're seeing, for the most part, like, we've got glimpses of Aquaman, Flash, Mm -hmm. Cyborg from BVS, but this was the movie to introduce those characters to us. So... It had to do the job of giving you basically origin stories for all three of those characters so that when you spin off into their other movies, you've sort of, I don't want to say like get past it for their movies, but having seen them and then two movies before that, and then they finally get to their first movie 
by themselves. And then you get an origin story. Seems like, you know, you took a while to get there. So they were trying to do all that stuff in this movie, which is why it's four hours long. And every character has 45 minutes to themselves to set all that stuff up. And that's the stuff that obviously got cut in the weeded cut. Well, not all of it. You still had that ridiculous uh, Mira and Arthur talk in a air bubble scene. Yes. Even in the they give you, yeah, they give you the bare minimum for all these characters. Yeah. Well, and I feel like speaking of the air bubble thing, I guess that's something they couldn't do away with and cut after the fact. They had that footage, and then they have the footage of her talking to um, Willem Dafoe's character later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part of all of that that they could have not included, that did not need to be there for any reason whatsoever, is her clicking and beeping like a fucking dolphin. Um to communicate with the other Atlanteans. It's it's very brief. It's like yeah. five or six seconds. It's but they show her that. making like dolphin sounds under the water to talk to other Atlanteans. Before she gets like, exasperated like, and then just makes an air bubble. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they could have just cut the sound on that and had her look at the guy and, you know, I mean, just what she does anyways. Like she yeah. looks at him and she makes a head motion while she's making these sounds and it's like, you could have just cut that sound out there and had it look like 99% less stupid. Yeah. That was integral to Zach's vision. <laughs> How? Which, 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 which could be fine, but then I'm going to be critical of that part of Zach's vision. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting everyone here to understand Zach's vision. That's fine. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple other things I'm just going to hit on, just differences that I noticed between the two versions, and then we'll just dive into the Snyder's cut. Um. Andy was talking about sort of the change in tone. Like, Whedon's cut definitely has more jokes, and I think half of them land. Like, making Batman <laughs> joke pisses me off. Like, Batman should not be cracking jokes, and that irritates me. Yeah, that's Alfred's job. Yeah. I'll, yes. Um, There were... And I don't know if this was because, like, maybe this cut they needed another composer, or if this was a conscious choice by, you know, maybe Whedon or whoever the editor is for the music. And I didn't notice it in Snyder's cut, but the Whedon cut definitely features instances of callbacks to classic Superman and Batman themes. Like Elfman's Batman theme is in that cut of the movie yeah. a yep. couple times. Yeah. They did use completely different composers. Right. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I don't know if like when, when they – because I think it was what? Junkie XL I think for the Snyder cut. Yeah. And so I don't know if he recomposed the whole movie and didn't use any of the cues that they used in the other cut. Because it's, you know, it's featured over the climax is what I can remember. Like when Batman's driving the Batmobile through that, you get a couple Danny Elfman Batman cues in there, which are just not there in the Snyder Cut. So, again, that could just be director's choice. They just wanted to... Well, I think it is because we've discussed in other Snyder films on here, specifically Watchmen. Zack is very particular about his music. Fair. And has very big ideas and plans for them. Yeah. The, the one moment I thought uh, soundtrack-wise that was different in a bad way with the original one, when they show the Wonder Woman on top of the Justice statue when, when she goes down to fight the um, terrorists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the terrorists first get out of the car, you get this weird hokey, like, circusy type music. In the original cut, I don't know if you guys noticed that it's like really displaced. I, don't know if I remember that one. I the like carny shit. I don't remember yeah. it, but they brought in Danny Elfman for the theatrical cut. Yeah, it was like really 
really displaced. I was like, what is this? It, it sounds like they're all getting out of a clown car or something. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? A- a- after having seen like the Snyder Cut, I was like, this is way different. I don't like it. <laughs> well, I think they wanted to like invoke maybe Joker themes. Like, guys, don't, don't remember. He's going to be coming eventually. Oh, yeah. We're setting all this up for the Joker. <laughs> yeah, I was um, like, ugh. I hated that part. There but were- you guys noticed the Joker was in this movie? <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so I I guess something that like is different, I guess that's what we're focused on now, like differences between like things that were in Whedon's cut that right. were changed. Yeah. And for me, you know what I mean? Like it, there's a couple different things, but the one that stands most forefront for me with Wonder Woman is that same scene where at the end she has like you know, the little girl that she tells you can be anything and all that. And you you completely lose all of that. And it just cuts with her clashing the gauntlets. And, that you know, it cuts from there. And it doesn't have that moment. Now, I think there's good and bad in the Snyder Cut version of that. Because she fucking destroys that building. um, For apparently no reason... When she could have just knocked that guy the fuck out and not destroyed the building. Um, but yeah. it, it's good that they included the part where she's, you know, inspiring the little girl. And she, But it, I feel like she tells her that if the series of events run correctly in my head. She says that you can be anything you want to be. And then she destroys the building. Correct? No, I think she tells him her she, that happened after. she wants to be afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After they're safe, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, either way, it's just like. That 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 to me is like Wonder Woman. That's kind of explosion. <laughs> it's a good explosion, but to me, that's like Wonder Woman's kind of an asshole that doesn't care. Like she just destroyed this thing when, and there was very obviously people outside that were in danger from all the falling debris. Oh yeah, like I, it, a it just seemed like a dumb choice for that scene. But anyways, we're we're on the Whedon thing. Um, I I, I know the big change at the end is they lost the stupid red tone from yeah. the Whedon um, what, 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 hack job. Hack job? We're calling it the hack <laughs> job? Okay. So the hack job lost that stupid red tone and just went with a more natural look and instantly got better because the red tone made no fucking sense to begin with. Yeah. Um, Especially because like, there was no Martian in it. <laughs> like, red planet? Sure, red tone. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, if we were on Mars. You know, um, but yeah, for for me, that's kind of where I fell down on like things I noticed that were really different that in the beginning scene, I guess, where Batman is trying to, you know, get, get them to smell the fear. Right. First of all, that scene is so fucking bad. Like See, I was okay with that when I watched it again, I didn't, I didn't have that big of a problem with it. Okay, so I have a couple issues with it. Um, one, it, we have no explanation. We have no idea why Batman knows about these things, and they really don't give us much of one. You know, like, as to, like, backstory on how he's discovering all this. So, funny enough, I went back and listened to the episode of the podcast where we, me, you, and Josh talked about this. Like, we reviewed it when it came out. Mm. This whole yeah. this conversation comes up too. I can't remember who brought it up, but the whole thing of like, how does Batman know there are fucking parademons? Yeah, and somebody made the point of, well, he's seen them from the nightmare sequence that he was, 
saw in the previous movie. So he sort of knows they exist. Okay. But at the same time, he goes and flies off with the parademon, right? They they like he holds the dude over the edge and then he jumps off and tackles it. Yeah. And they fly around. And then he traps it on the wall. Oh, yeah. And he's on a different building, several buildings away. And the guy that he was holding over the edge is magically there. No, they land back on the building that the guy Yeah, I think they, they loop back around. Because when, when they Dude, actually... You got hit, Jost! When they, when they hit the ground, like, the guy that was wrapped up, like, was right next to him when they hit the ground, and he was just like... Eh. Okay. Eh. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Either way, like you do the sound effects on the movie too. Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me, my, my my biggest takeaway with the Snyder Cut is that I didn't realize personally, like I didn't think it was great, but I, like I personally, I didn't realize just how bad that the, the Whedon hack job, if you will, was until I watched the Snyder Cut. See, there's so I mentioned there's a couple scenes. There's two scenes for me that stick out. They were in the Whedon cut. They were obviously additions that I enjoy. And I there there's one of them is just a small little like gimmick gag thing that I think just works. And the other one was a nice moment between Bruce and Diana after one of the I think it was after like the sewer fight. They're in the Batcave and you actually start to see like the toll it takes on Bruce where he's just beat the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And it's the two of them trying to regroup, and she has to pop his shoulder back in place. And their conversation, of course, it goes back to what Ian was saying, where that's a version of the movie where they're trying to push Wonder Woman into the leadership role, which by the end of the movie means nothing because Superman's back, and they drop it like a hat as soon as he shows yeah. up. So, yeah. But for three-fourths of that movie, it's leading to, let's put Diana in charge. So that's a fun scene there. So I don't know if it would work in Snyder Cut, only because Wonder Woman's not the leader, and they don't focus on that as much in the Snyder Cut. Second scene for me that I think works just as a gag and I think would be fun in the in a f- final cut of the movie was before the climax of the movie, they're all in the bat plane jet thing, uh, sort of talking about what's coming, and Aquaman starts to get very truthful, yeah. and then you realize he's <laughs> sitting on the lasso. That bit still worked for me. I love that. Agreed. It, yeah, it, it was a funny little gag that they did for that. I, I will say it just, clearly did not fit Zach's vision though. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna bring it up because um, some someone already did earlier the 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 moment that they changed about uh, Barry needing to be sort of coached and mentored and and the like just save one person moment. Yeah. I would actually say be, because at this point in the storytelling, yes, we've been shown okay Barry made himself a suit. And he helped somebody who was being held up at a liquor store. There's no indication that he does anything as the Flash yet. That hasn't been right. And, and there's like this weird juxtaposition that if it's part of canon, also where they they he has a like that quick cameo in um, Suicide Squad where like, but we don't have a timeline. So like, is he actually doing that? But if he is, then somehow Bruce and no one else knows that this thing is out there. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But because the version of Barry that we've been presented with, even in the Snyder cut has not become, you know, quote the flash yet. I, you don't need it to be as on the nose as the Peter Parker, Tony Stark relationship that Marvel built us, but it made sense to have somebody who doesn't have fight and combat experience, especially with, 
massive, like, supernatural, interdimensional demon shit, be nervous and be unsure of himself and have somebody at least have to give, like, some encouraging line to that. And that, like, save one person line, I think, actually does work really well in that context. I agree. I guess it's, yes. I guess it's still fine the way that the Snyder Cut shows it, but I, I feel that that little absence actually... It, I th- I feel that strengthened Barry's character by that point in the movie, in the Whedon cut. Yeah, um, I agree. O- overall, though, I would say a-, a point that I heard someone make on another show w- was most of what I've heard is ninety to ninety five percent of what we saw in the Snyder cut already existed. Special effects. And, uh, you know, maybe needed to be done, that kind of thing. But the principal footage was there. So if you're Warner Brothers, and even though your director needs to go away because of a death in the family, why in the hell do you throw all that away and reshoot half of what you then present to the people in theaters? Like, ha- if I, I feel like I half- had to take a stab at it. Yeah. I'd say Warner Brothers was not confident in Zack's vision at that point. They were probably looking for an excuse to change the movie. And because he was still attached to the movie, they couldn't get around him to do that. Once he left, it was free reign. We're going to do what we want to do. No one can stop us now. We're bringing in a guy who is now under our thumb to change the movie. That's a guy who has no creative vision and can't make successful (coughs) movies without someone dragging him around and forcing it on him. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, Ian. <laughs> Joss Whedon is one of the worst people in Hollywood. As a person and as a director. So I think and that's I, This I... is also the time I'm taking my victory lap. When we first <laughs> Snyder Cut was announced that it was happening, uh, Brian said on this podcast that they would not do reshoots. There's no way they would. And I said... They're giving Zack Snyder the Snyder Cut. They're doing reshoots, and they're going to spend money on it. And they not only did reshoots, they spent like $100 million on reshoots. Not $100 million, It's definitely less than that. They spent $200 million on reshoots. So, <laughs> once again, if you're here for factual information and good takes, you know who to listen to. I thought that they were talking about $5 million and they upped that to maybe 10 or $15 million. I don't think they went over. I If I had to guess, they'd pro- granted, they probably gave more than what they talked about i'd be surprised if they put more than 25 million in this movie oh I feel he's like googling s- it i can see him yeah look it up ian <laughs> so we'll Continue pivot now so, so on 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 the snyder cut <laughs> where where does everybody stand for the snyder cut in terms of Just, so flat out like what did you think of this version of the movie and we'll go this- from there I just watched Age of Ultron. This is a better movie than Age of Ultron, hands down, without question, a better film. And it is absurd to me, like, the the vast differences. Like, in Age of Ultron, the very first scene of the, the Avengers fighting is such a botched screen, green screen job that I thought I was back in the fucking 90s watching a goddamn Turtles film. And yet, with Zack's majestic <laughs> vision... We saw not only expertly crafted green screen effects, we saw the ultimate versions of Steppenwolf and Darkseid brought to light by the greatest director to be placed on this universe. And once again, we have another 10 out of 10. Nay, we have an 11 out of 10 film by God's gift 
to art. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start by saying I have no idea why we're talking about Age of Ultron in comparison to this movie. I don't know what. The reason for that comparison is probably just the last MCU movie that he. We can't get over the the Whedon comparison. Whedon directed Age of Ultron. Okay, yeah, he did, but Avengers is a superior movie to this. Age Age of of Ultron Ultron may not be, but the Avengers movie is. The other one he directed is. um, I that's still. uh, Okay, yeah. Well, you have your opinion, and I have mine. And And as we established in my victory lap, correct information comes from one source. (laughs) The one that said 200 million was spent on reshoots. That's the correct source. 400 million. Oh, four. (laughs) Just keeps growing exponentially Uh, every time. (laughs) But this movie, I feel like, is far and away better than the theatrical release. Um, Do I think it's a perfect movie? No. Of course not. Nothing. I don't think such a thing exists. Xbox I think you can get close. Um, uh, you know, for me, this movie did so much better. You got fully fleshed out characters. You did all that. But they had four hours to do it in. So it's it's long. You know what I mean? And it does drag at some points. It's not, um, it's not the fastest paced movie for those four hours. And while it's interesting the whole time, I think having seen the theatrical cut before it definitely cuts into what making it feel like a like that drag that you feel because you've seen a lot of the footage already used, albeit in some different ways, but you've seen it. So it kind of tends to slog along a little bit because of that. Um, I don't think that's as much a criticism on the movie as just a statement of circumstance. And yeah this case um you know for me like it's really good but i I don't think it takes that next level i think it sets up something that could um and it's something you know like if you ask me right now which direction do i want them to go with dc i would say i want them to continue this i want to see the rest of what he had in mind after having seen this I didn't feel that way after Batman versus Superman. Okay. I, I, I didn't, like, I, I watched that and I was like, I really don't care what comes next. <laughs> after I watched this, I want to see what comes next. So, if we're giving it a rating out of 10 already, I'd say eight and a half. <laughs> you don't have to, I was going to say, you don't have to you do know? it yet. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely end but, with that. Well, I mean, we got an 11. See, like, with, so. with BVS, like, with Zach's vision, with his, his grandiose storytelling, he set up that one of the major plot points of BVS is the fact that both of their mothers are named Martha, and then the major plot device in this film are mother boxes. And it's just, once again, outstanding work from a true luminary of the field to bring in that connection through multiple films. I'm going to have to look up luminary and see if you even use that right there. <laughs> um, the, the one big thing that I would take away from this um, that makes me want to see more stuff in the future from it is what they did with the Joker at the end. Where the fuck was Jared Leto playing this Joker in Suicide Squad? And why the fuck did we get what we got in Suicide Squad? The Joker at the end of this movie is a thousand times better than that. And what I would have hoped when you told me Jared Leto was going to play the Joker, that's what I was hoping to have seen that we didn't until now. And I want to see that Batman and Joker movie play out 
you know, but I don't yeah, think we'll ever see that. Maybe we'll, we'll, maybe we'll try to loop back around to the epilogue, because the epilogue sets up some very interesting stuff, which, again, whether this universe continues or not, we may not ever get answers to, but it's interesting enough to talk about and see what they set up and stuff like that. But It's, it's essentially what Injustice God's Among Us, right? I think, yeah, there's a good bit of that story. Like, you know, Superman loses someone, we're assuming Lois, close to him, goes rogue and starts killing everybody. Yeah, that's essentially Injustice. Yeah. Um, Andy, just of the Snyder Cut version, what did you think? Of, of like, Bruce's dream? Well, even just, just the movie as a whole, Snyder's Cut. Not the, oh. just comparison, but just um, that version of the movie, what did you think? I, I still... I, I actually... I thought the four hours... We stopped in the middle of it, like around the two hour mark and we like made dinner and ate and got dinner ready. And then, you know, we probably took about an hour break between the two, the, the four hours in the middle, mm-hmm. but it it still didn't feel like a four hour movie to me. Like I was enjoying all of the scenes. I don't know if it was because I, I, I it's, this is all of this was new. Like for me, yeah. like like all the stuff that was in the theatrical cut I had never seen. So I was like, this is, this is really cool. You know, I'm enjoying this overall. I'd say it was, it was a, a, a better movie than Batman versus Superman, um, which uh, surprised me a little bit because I heard everyone say that justice league was really no better than Batman versus Superman, mm. you know? So overall I'd say it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, Josh, where do you fall on Snyder Cut? I mean, yeah, we kind of did the same thing. Ours was actually broken up over two different nights because um, we didn't get to start until later in the evening. And then we had like pet disruptions, made dinner, et cetera, et cetera. So we did like the first maybe th- yeah, three or four chapters one day and then finished the next day. Um, I think Andy's – well, I would say I agree with Andy on, on the pacing. You by, – by the end, it feels like a long movie, but – it doesn't drag like, you know, you've been yeah. sitting there watching TV for a long time, but it, it, it at least like from chapter to chapter, component to component, it goes well. And I, if they were going to put so much extra stuff into it, that because of the, the storyline that we found ourselves in, we're like, okay, we got to give some kind of back, not backstory, but in initial impression of the flash we got to give you some information about arthur and what's going on in his world aside from this crap if you have to do that doing these chapter breaks was a good way to get that stuff in and frame it where it like there are there are there are points at the ends of those chapters where there would have been no seamless easy transition to the next piece to go to where they needed to next. So just basically saying like, we're stopping dead, starting somewhere completely different, somewhat related perhaps. And now we're onto this aspect of what we're, we're telling you was a good storytelling yeah. device overall. Um, like I said, I, I think that the biggest, the two biggest successes to me in this, that it gained was the fleshing out of, of cyborg because even though I, 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 I think it's if, if you're going to know or if be anywhere familiar with some of the other like, you know, I'm, I'm going to call Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, your A-team, Flash, Aquaman, 
your B team. Cyborg, maybe your C or D team. <laughs> right? I mean, just in, 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 in the public awareness, exposure, prior usage of these characters, like Cyborg's way down on the list. Yeah. Um, so Andy's point earlier, I think, which, you know, to the Whedon cut, it's almost like, why is he even in this movie? Like you do, you, yeah. you barely need cyborg at all, and there's there's a part of the story, like of the solution that they wrote, that he becomes needed. But by the point you're there with the wind cut, you're almost like, okay, well they decided to use cyborg, so they shoehorned in this reason for him to do something. It works much better in the Snyder cut, and the other success for me actually was Steppenwolf. Not only the realization of the character design, but to me, like, the Whedon cut for him felt more like, I'm his lieutenant, I came along first, and I'm here to just pave the road because he's on his way. Yeah. And then he fails, and that's it, and it's over. Um, This worked way, way better as you learned more about him trying to get back in the good graces of somebody and appeal to them, and he's still on someone's shit list and yeah he's powerful and he's got these followers he's got tools he's got these things but he has a mission he has his own motivation we understand why this is happening more and um this is it's honestly sounds weird but the the moment where his head flies through the portal and the exact moment that dark side just steps on it and crushes it that literally was the culmination of the success of that it it, it yeah. came together right in that final moment of he dark side is angry because he's not going to get what he wants but in the end he really couldn't have given two shits about steppenwolf yeah he was hoping to use him to get something he wanted sort of like with a thanos loki relationship in a way yeah but it that when I first saw that moment occur, I'm like, oh, okay, that that did it. Like, that solidified why Steppenwolf, his arc, that it showed me his arc. Yeah. You know, you, you, you saw his thoughts and they were portraying that in the end. But once, okay, he's not only lost, but the thing that he has been trying to serve that has fueled all of these actions couldn't barely care less that he's dead. And it... You know, I I agree with you. Like I I like that in, that addition. And obviously, if you have time to to build that up and give him give the villain an arc, that's beneficial. Typically, for movies that have to make that two hour runtime for a theater, the villain arc is the first thing to go. So that's something we lost in the Whedon cut. And you know, we knew just based on like Ray Fisher's reaction after the Whedon cut comes out that he was bitching about all the stuff that was written in the movie for Cyborg and his character that never happened in that cut of the movie. So that was something I was expecting to see in the Snyder verse Snyder Snyder cut of the movie which we got which I appreciated. I liked all that stuff. Um and I th- didn't think about this when we were comparing the Whedon cut to the Snyder cut, but Josh when you were just talking about Steppenwolf's Steppenwolf's arc it reminded me there's that whole like flashback scene where Darkseid shows up on the planet and you see that he was there before trying to find the anti-life equation and all that stuff. Yeah. In the Whedon cut, that's Steppenwolf. Darkseid yeah. is not in the movie. He's name dropped once or twice, but that whole scene, Darkseid's not there. It's Steppenwolf raging war with all of those people there. Right. Which changes that whole scenario too. Right. 
So I have a serious problem with um, that whole sequence and how that was handled. The flashback sequence like that? Well, the flashback sequence and the motivations of Darkseid and all that that we get that seem to be either lost on me, I missed something, or just a serious what the fuck in the plot. Um, Are we assuming that Darkseid forgot that he was on Earth when he found that? I did find that weird. Like I, yeah, with the, I with agree. The, the disconnect between where this occurred and and, and like he, it, it, yeah, that. But I guess both the place where he initially had this equation and got his ass beat was the same place and what it specifically was. Yeah, he just forgot, and then it, like it's a big deal that Steppenwolf finds it, and I'm thinking to myself, how all powerful and terrifying can Darkseid be if he just simply forgot where he was? When I mean, something it's been a happened, a couple hundred years. He did look like he was like mortally wounded too, so maybe that had something to do with it. But I feel like that's his whole thing: is this equation? It's the whole thing that he's out there looking for and wanting to do. This is the Infinity Gauntlet. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this is his Infinity Gauntlet, and he forgot where it was. I feel I mean, like just, he would just, remember. Just playing like devil's advocate here. Let's just say you know, in the course of the universe, that's one planet in the universe and maybe you just happen to stumble upon it but you don't remember you, you know that you stumble upon it you find it the battle happens so quickly afterwards that you don't have time to get your bearings then you have to retreat and then it becomes his mission to get back to that place but he doesn't know what planet in the entire universe that is i'm not saying it made sense it's the movie okay. does not tell you that for sure i'm just trying well, I mean, to say maybe that's where they're going like, I think it's like that thing, like, that was one of the most important days in Earth history, but for Darkseid, it was Tuesday. <laughs> but it was you know, Tuesday like... on the planet that had the single thing he's looking for. The one thing that it seems like it can make him all-powerful that he was after is there. He found What's it. The, I'm not 100%. I feel like I'm, maybe I'm misremembering that he... He didn't know the anti-life equation was there. He just had been there to try and conquer it and lost. And then they find out later that not only is this the world he lost on, but it has the anti-life equation on it. They show him discovering the, the anti-life yeah, equation. Yeah, in the, in in the, the flashback, they show him finding the anti-life okay. equation in the ground. And then sometime after that, I think the fight happens. Yeah. Because then I, it I shows think... Steppenwolf recreating his steps, basically seeing a vision of like where Darkseid was... And okay. finds out it's the same planet. The other thing that I think is is a disconnect. Oh, couldn't they have used the anti-life equation to make him forget? I don't. To be honest, it controls life. These... It controls everything. That's the whole point. It does anything. But it, I mean, it's two seconds of exposition to say that. They showed it by having him forget. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Andy, what were you saying? It's a visual. I think the other disconnect between that that scene that that we were just talking about is also. Um, Wonder Woman's recognition that she, when they first find Steppenwolf and start fighting him in the Snyder Cut, she goes, Steppenwolf. How does she know who Steppenwolf is? He's never been there before. Oh, true. He's he's not on the, the walls, like, he's not part of their history because that's all dark side. Yeah. So how, and, and he never actually tells any of the Justice League people, like, he's like, I'm Steppenwolf, I'm here to conquer you, or any kind of shit like that, you know, he's... yeah. She 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 looks around the corner, and she's like Steppenwolf. 
Like, how does she <laughs> he, know he, that? He's her I mean, Newman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably was, like, there as, like, one of the lieutenants in the original battle, so maybe it just came up at some point, but... Because that other dude's there, um, the Sod or whatever, I think, was there mm-hmm. in the original battle, too. So I'm assuming Steppenwolf just was nearby. A couple hundred years pass, he led some type of uprising, failed. Another couple hundred years pass, and hey, I'm on Earth again. <laughs> but I didn't remember it because 600 years ago. If that, if that were the case, I I, I think they pr- he did a bad job of... No, he did no bad job. <laughs> he did an amazing a, job. A bad job of at least showing that Steppenwolf was in that in that original battle as well i i'd also point out that like everything they have in the dc universe in this sense makes no sense to me whatsoever in in some like mythological standpoint we have greek gods we have atlanteans but not poseidon being a part of atlanteans we all this stuff mixing together on earth and then we have like Ares, I get. Was it Ares or was it Zeus that both fuck, fucks up Darkseid? Yeah, they were both, both there. They both were there. Well, no, they Zeus were there. Zeus was the one using lightning, and then Ares. so I think yeah, Ares the had the one. axe that hits him. In yeah, the, in the Ares shoulder. had the axe that just like sends Darkseid whimpering away. Yeah. Um, so we might be talking thousands of years now that I'm thinking about it more. That it has been since he lost the one thing that he forgot. <laughs> like that's like. Listen, I'm sorry. That's like saying okay, but if you're like, alive, that's a like no, 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 hold on, hold on. That's going too. to the amusement park and losing your child. Oh, Superman died and forgot about Lois Lane for a good while. He's dead. What, like two he months? He was dead. <laughs> yeah, we're not saying Darkseid died. We don't know. Actually, we don't know that he could have. <laughs> I'm saying there's no explanation as to why he doesn't know where Earth is after and he's Zach's already artistic on vision, Earth. It wasn't and... necessary. I mean, this is why Snyder fans, man. You just you talk to him and you point out something. It's just <laughs> it's his vision, man. It's you know, and 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 you try and you try, and it's like, man, it's good, but it's just it's a plot hole. It happens. You yeah, know? I'm I'm with you, Mike. Like, I don't I don't know where that 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 seemed like something. I think when I watched it, that it occurred to me, like that doesn't make sense. But then I kind of glossed over it, over everything else that was happening, and kind of forgot oh, it about still, it. Like it wasn't. I guess it's not that big a deal. It's just something that made me go like, wait, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, it, it, but it's like, it's a big deal because it's his like motivation for forgiving Steppenwolf potentially was yeah. going like in the whole, you know, idea of the movie and Steppenwolf being here and all that is built around dark side forgetting. Yeah. So it, it, it's, to me, it's a problem, but it's not a problem that spoils the movie in any way. Uh, before we get on to something else, Ian, I did look it up, and I, we were both wrong. Uh, HBO, according to New York Times, gave Snyder $70 million Holy shit. to reshoot and put special effects in this movie. That was very close to my record. <laughs> <laughs> so was, I, I thought for sure they wouldn't put more than $50 million or $25 million at this, and I was way off. Yes, you were. Considering they start, they lowballed it whenever this was announced, like that it was going to be. I could have sworn fifteen million was what they talked about before. It was a really low number. Yeah, I thought I, I was like hearing like twenty to thirty over right? time in reports. What was that, Mike? I so I feel like I seen that going up over time in reports. Okay, like I feel like I seen people saying 
like oh they just dedicated x amount more yeah like I, I like i'm pretty sure the original number was like 15 or 25 but like i saw things like oh they're doing more so they needed more money which yeah i guess makes sense um since we we talked about the movie maybe we'll just spin into the epilogue stuff cuz sort of going along with the reshoots and this is something that i caught just because I think like HBO Max put out like a five minute video that was like behind the scenes of of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it you know it's interviews with Zack about like hey I finally get to complete my vision and this is what we're doing. A couple of the stuff that they show behind the scenes for that is them filming the Joker sequence. So they filmed that last year. That was mm-hmm. not part of the the you know Zack's vision. Which to me, we can I guess we can talk about the scene itself, but to me, kind of pisses me off because this goes to the point where, like, this was supposed to be the nice conclusion to Zack's trilogy. There's no guarantee we're getting any continuation to this, and he has the balls to shoot this scene that sets up more <laughs> shit that's going to come that may never never happen. That irritates the crap out of me. <laughs> you had you had your chance to tie this movie off in a bow to complete your trilogy and just be like, okay, I've, I've done what I wanted to do, goodbye. Well, that, plants that's, this seed that like this is gonna be awesome. Wait, we're never gonna fucking see this now. That's, Thanks, he, went that's, out the, he went out there and tried to get himself another bag. Yeah, that's, I ain't gonna knock no one for trying to collect their bag. That's the <laughs> ultimate fuck you to Warner Brothers. Yeah, you know. So he's he's, he's egging, all those fans we talked about earlier. He is doing the, the he is egging them on at this point. Yeah, I I would say like that whole ending sequence, or, or at least the like nightmare scenario type thing doesn't like it doesn't serve honestly like in my opinion doesn't serve anything for the rest of the the story like everything we just watched that doesn't feel like a natural extension of right. the next step of the story or an eventual future of the story like i i don't clearly know why we we needed it like it was fun to yeah. see but like if it had i don't know if it had happened in the middle of the movie as like another like batman fever dream Maybe I understand where it goes, but I didn't really understand the point for it. I, yeah, I did. Kind of, I, like, I, I liked the scene. I liked that we finally got some sort of a payoff for the stuff that is set up in v- BVS that went nowhere in the in the Whedon cut of Justice League. There's no mention of that sequence at all. Like, you don't see Flash gearing up to go back to warn Bruce, any of that stuff. So at least we sort of see that the like the the plot thread of that sort of the other the bookend of it i guess is what i'm looking for the mm-hmm. you see flash in the armor that he was in when he visits bruce in bvs going back in time so you connect the dots that way that that's happening but they're they're little, they're little ragtag group of heroes and villains there like i want to see that story like how the fuck did this group come together and what the hell are they doing now like that's <laughs> interesting to me it's like there's some kind of suicide squad. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forgive I mean, Warner Brothers for putting that in that trailer. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I don't think it was in the actual cut in the end, but that trailer moment alone was horrible. Yeah. Well, no, because they have. There's two great ones. There's that line, and then, and then in in the trailer for this, and for um for there's the trailer for this that had the we live in a society line. It's not in the actual film from the Joker. That became a huge meme. Oh, so I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, I didn't watch Joker any of the trailers, so I don't know. Yeah, the trailer had the Joker say, we live in a society, and that became a huge meme online, not in the film. <laughs> nice. So there's even more. We, we need Snyder Cut version I mean, two. I, I think this might have been Zach's ploy 
to set up making a prequel Red Hood film. Which I would be down for after having seen that. Just to see oh, what the oh. Joker, the, the events he talks about of murdering Jason Todd. Well, I know the events like the Red Hood, like have that be the beginning and have the Joker play his part, but have it be a red, like finally get a Red Hood storyline for Batman in the movies and have that be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, ha- like you're going to get a, a Batman Red Hood story out of it. I think is what Zach's going for there. And he's alluding to it even further and having Jared Leto there as the Joker to play it up and talk about it even more. You think Red Hood would be the focus of that story when Superman's running around killing people? No, no, no. It's a prequel. A prequel story for Batman to, like, precede BVS. BVS. Okay. All right. Just to tell the Red Hood story as a movie. Okay. I'm not talking like, I like I think like they have their setup there like you guys had said like the injustice setup and all that, but I I don't think that movie ever gets made. But I could easily see them greenlighting a Red Hood movie for Batman. I mean, like another one-off, like some of the other stuff they're doing now. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be kind of connected to this, but it's and well, like Affleck and really Leto one-off. Yeah, like Affleck and Leto and cast somebody to play the Red Hood. and no, I mean, just kind of like how you know the Flash movie and Aquaman are, feel like at this point are going to be standalone almost-ish films because there's no greater universe occurring, maybe. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like they even set right. up like the, the, the epilogue scene right before that was, again, slightly different than the Whedon cut. The Whedon cut ends with Deathstroke on Lex Luthor's boat talking about like building their own anti-Justice League or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Legion of Doom. Yeah. So this one ends with Deathstroke showing up on Lex Luthor's boat to get the identity of Batman, which is, you would think, lead Deathstroke to hunt down Bruce Wayne, which I think was what we were all rumored to hear about Affleck's Batman movie before he left and all that got scrapped. That story seems interesting to me, too. So why include that fucking thing after this movie gets scrapped and they've already pivoted to Robert Pattinson and stuff like the epilogue sequence is my biggest problem with this movie. I think not to, because to be they're fair, bad. Those scenes are awesome, but the fact that they are so awesome, it's stuff that I want to see that we're not going to get. That's it's it's the equivalent of movie making blue balls, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> we're I, it. For, for me, I like the whole Deathstroke thing. Like I'd love to see it, but I felt like the costume and Joe Manganiello just looked wrong. It, like it did, it did not look good for me to see Joe Manganiello look that like as Deathstroke. He did not look good. I'll see. I liked it. I want to see it. I thought it looked like. And, they, and, and to be fair, once they, good. once they, I mean, that's for like when they initially conceived it. It's like, all right, this is a well, guys. We're we're gonna do a post credit scene. It's gonna be really cool. Like you know, those other guys do. So once they actually moved to like full movie budget and stuff, I'm sure he would hopefully have looked better. Hopefully. So I don't know who I can't remember who we're who we're getting around here, but who hasn't talked about the epilogue scene? Anything we want to add to this? I know Mike and I sort of got into it already, but Josh, Andy, I, anybody? The only part I'll add on it is because he he shows up earlier in the movie. We haven't talked about this. Um, I think it's in the first half because I think it was on the first night that we were watching. I texted Brian, and I said like it 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 might as well have been in all caps, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> and I just said. Holy shit, Martian Manhunter. 
Yes. And then he shows back up for a moment, kind of, I guess, in the, I think it's technically in the epilogue time I think that was like chapter. the first little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's the first part. Love that. Yes. Absolutely love that. Did you guys notice that it, it was the same actor that played the general in Man of Steel? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, so I personally don't like it. It, like it, like I like that Martian Manhunter's there, but I don't like for the same reason like Brian's saying I don't like throwing it in here. What was this reshoots or I think it definitely the the one in the epilogue definitely was because like Affleck was noticeably looking different. Yeah, uh, in the epilogue was was the appearance in the actual movie where he's. I don't. I don't have a direct source for that, but I could have sworn. You know, when the Weed and Cut came out, there was all the rumors about like what they shot, what was in the original script, and Manhunter. I remember being rumored to be in there, but okay. I also remember hearing rumors of like Green Lantern making an appearance in that cut of the movie too, which we isn't there. So right, a Green you know, Lantern. Take it. Take it to what you appearance. will. Yeah. Well, because there's also like like the Martian Manhunter being like. Martha in this one, the scene with Lewis and Martha is completely different in the two cuts. So I, I think it was something added in for the Snyder cut, like Martian Manhunter entirely, because most of his scenes, like even the one, the one parallel scene that occurs in both movies are completely different shots, like not even but was it, same location and stuff. I guess what we're trying to, fi- I guess to Mike's, Mike, what I'm thinking Mike is asking is, was it a reshoot recently or was it just on the cutting room floor that they then put back in the movie? I don't think it was something they originally had just because there's all the other changes that came with it too. Like okay. nothing from him was there. And I think it just goes to show you got to get that bag. So, so here's my problem with the Martian Manhunter thing. It's the same reason I had a problem with some of the cameos at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Where the fuck was he during all these fucking things going on? Why yeah. was he not helping? What was he doing? Where was he? That That's not his thing. He's not a watch from the sidelines kind of guy. Like, that's not... It's out of character and it makes no sense for him to be on the sideline. So they, I, I feel like he shouldn't have been included here. If it was reshoots, if it was something they just threw in to be like a little nod to the fans and all that, it's like, okay, I get it. It's cool to see Martian Manhunter in live action and all that. Um, but fuck, it just made no sense. I think part, a little bit of a combination for me. I think, again, just based on speculation that that, not that it was a reshoot. I felt like that was a scene that was cut from the, the movie just for pacing wise. Like they didn't have time to introduce another character in the Whedon cut. Right. So they cut it because there's, it really doesn't lend that much more to this version of the movie. Like it does, it's real quick to cut out and you have to, you get to save that without confusing people who this other guy is without any type of introduction. And is so, there like a reason for the conversation that is like, what is the, like, I can't remember. Like, is there a reason he imitates Martha to, to push Lois back into the land of the living is I think sort of the, how they, she's still grieving at that point of the movie. Right. So that's to get her sort of snap her out of it and get her, over the grief and back to work. And what's his motivation for that? And, and and that's why I have like the problem with it. We have no idea what the hell's going on with him. That could very easily just be Martha and just show him somewhere else. Right. And I think to Ian's point, that scene is very similar. It's, I think it takes place li- a little bit later in the movie and at Lois's office and not mm-hmm. her home, mm-hmm. but essentially they have the same conversation, but that's um, not, Manhunter. but there's no reveal that manhunt that she's manhunter. 
Right. And to your point, Mike, if that actor, that general, was Manhunter, if we're presuming is Manhunter from Man of Steel, BVS, and now Justice League through all of those movies, why hadn't he appeared at the finale of BVS when Doomsday is running amok and trashing the world? Like, that would be a perfect time for him to show up and fucking do something. Well, yeah, Martian like, law hey, requires so him <laughs> to, get a, to get a visa first. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but it was yeah, just a different time back then. To be like, I, I'm just as strong as the Kryptonian, and I'm not weak to uh, Kryptonite. So hey, let me help. Right. It, that, <laughs> like, well, well, what's no, the name of no. his mother? <laughs> if it's not Martha, it makes no sense in continuity. Actually, his, you know involved. what? His name is John John. So maybe his mom's name is Martha Martha. And <laughs> I would have canceled out the other two Marthas. Then the movie doesn't. Well, no, work. Superman's dad's Jonathan, right? It's all fit. There you go, John John's Jonathan. And his mom, there you go. <laughs> if you Take think about it, I mean, those are very good <laughs> points. If you think about it, it would have, in my opinion, would have made much more sense for him to all of a sudden be a part of that movie than Wonder Woman. While I like Wonder Woman in BVS, I feel like her presence is one of the many things that just made that movie too much and so much going on over the top. Just, just too much. Showing a, a a a character reveal himself who's already been established in a previous film that would have fit better for him to have joined that fight than her. I could buy that. Yeah. They could have just given him her theme song, and we could have got a Martian <laughs> Manhunter movie instead of Wonder Woman. Oh, I think you still you still do everything else after that the same. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And and you know you could still have Bruce needing to you know, seek out Diana in, in a similar way as the others in, in a way, but yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, like here's the thing in the, don't take it the wrong way if you're a big DC fan, but it's the same bugaboo that you have with Superman around. If you have a team that has Martian Manhunter and Wonder Woman on it, you really don't even need Superman. Like it, it becomes redundant at that point. Okay. Um. So like the reviving of Superman in this movie wouldn't need to happen. You know, I mean, it'd be like, oh, well, we'll just <laughs> Manhunter will take care of it. You know, like it, why we don't need him. We don't need Superman. We have the Manhunter. Why would we need two of them? Yeah. You need like, the one to keep the other under control. Because if there's even a one percent chance that he could turn bad and destroy the whole world, <laughs> we're just one percent reliving chance. BVS over and over and over again in your mind. Then that's uh, welcome to my nights. <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. So we were kind of on. The, I think started with this sort of like the epilogue scenes. Was anything else we want to add for the epilogue scenes? Anything else you want to touch on about those? Liked it, hated. Um, I mean, I know we mentioned it, but I I I think. That if you're gonna be the Joker, you gotta wear the makeup, and I think this established that. That <laughs> that's all you gotta do differently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I gotta. I really should have watched. Tried to watch this twice. I only watched the movie once, or maybe at least try to go back and watch certain scenes again. But I'm I'm un- still unsure how I feel about Leto as the Joker. I definitely think I liked it more here than Suicide Squad, but I'm still, like, I don't know, on the fence with him. I'd like to see him do more, specifically with Batman. Like, I want to see a Joker-Batman story with that version of the Joker. Um, 
But just, I mean, that was enough to tease me and get me sort of excited to see where it would go. But it's not enough for me to be like, yes, Leto's Joker, let's go. I, I, I mean, because they just let him not try to do crime boss stuff and let him just and fuck with Batman. Is the Batman? Yeah, which is what the whole point of the Joker is. Like, yes, that's the reason that that character exists. Yeah, yeah, that that's his motivation for existence. It's not even just the reason he exists. Like, it that's the Joker. That's how we came into existence. Yeah, like he that's why he exists one day someone will come and was like man this bat guy needs an antagonist and then the joker just walked around the corner <laughs> like that's how it happened uh anything else for these yeah. or no all good all right. it was a brief second where i thought um death shot or whatever at the end was um uh, was um oh god cable and i was really I was like, fuck yeah, the crossover I've been waiting for. <laughs> Cable's back, baby. Um, I, I think we might have sort of talked about it, but any characters that you liked better or worse in this version of the movie? Diana. Um, I, I really like this guy, at um, this uh, Gordon guy. I thought he was really good in this movie. <laughs> Who has this, definitely the same amount of screen time in both versions of the movie. I was actually yeah, shocked I know, by that. This Gordon guy, he gave me a lot of vibes from these um, Spider-Man movies I saw, and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, Andy, Cyborg, you said? Cyborg and Steppenwolf. Fair. Mike? Um, Like I said, Diana, I felt like she came off better. And I'll agree with Cyborg. Cyborg seemed like a whiny douchebag in Whedon's version. Yeah. And he was actually a good, fleshed-out, likable, relatable character here. And his dad actually had more stuff to do, which was yeah. like the whole movie builds on their relationship, too. So to have them both actually have screen time and do stuff, that was nice to see, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh? Same. Character, characters you like better or worse? Yeah, same. I I, I, I found, I, I don't know, maybe if we had never gotten an Aquaman movie, it would, like, and I could view that in, in the vacuum, it might be different. But like one, one of the, things I heard someone articulate about this version of the story is that someone like Aquaman and honestly, even the, the flash and to some degree, Diana even, um, but Arthur, especially, I feel like I don't, other than like being another person there to help, I don't really know what he wants. He doesn't want the world to end. I get that. That's a simple thing yeah. for people to want. Um, but I, 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 there wasn't a whole lot really for. I mean, M- M- Momoa is fun to watch. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's always great on screen. But the character and his involvement and whatnot, I wouldn't say got worse. But I was expect, I was hoping that there would have been more to it, and and I just feel that there wasn't. Um, yeah. But yes, Cyborg, his father, and and Steppenwolf definitely. I guess I didn't really think about it is that like out of all the characters like Cyborg and Flash, Cyborg really is the one that's not getting a movie out of this. So they have to do all the heavy lifting for him in this movie because he's not getting anything else. Flash and Aquaman still have movies coming. Like we got another we got Aquaman one after this movie was, you know, originally released in 2017. Flash movie was supposed to be somewhere after that, but is has been in development hell for years. Um but at least we're getting more for them. So they don't have to do too much heavy lifting for those characters in this movie because we're getting more stuff with them in it. So yeah, that works too. And I think, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Dan. I, I like the, the cyborg stuff too, especially because it was kind of also like a telling of the Astro boy story, <laughs> which I really enjoyed those parallels and imagining Nick cage in this role. <laughs> oh, God. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else specific that I really want to get into. So I don't know if there's anything sticking out to you guys that you want to touch on for these movies. I really miss the either, butterfly. Either version. Sorry, Andy, go ahead. I really miss the butterfly. The butterfly. The butterfly, yeah. I don't remember the Superman is, is petting the corn. Oh, yeah. And there was a okay. butterfly in the Snyder Cut, and there was it was not <laughs> oh, in right, right. the other cut. <laughs> it's probably a CG I, I missed it. I was like, where's the fucking butterfly? Oh, I'll tell you what. One thing I did not miss from the Snyder Cut to the Whedon Cut is the fucking CG'd lip that was on Superman for the Whedon Cut <laughs> scenes. That's CG much more apparent what? now after watching verse two versions, which scenes are, you know, they CG'd his mouth. Well, the the most obvious one's the opening one where he's like, "Oh, what's the what's the best thing about planet Earth?" and the kids like interviewing him right. or whatever with the cell phone, and it's like, "Holy crap!" You can, his upper lip looks like a double lip, which honestly has no payoff in that version of the movie at all. I don't know why that little scene is there to open the. I movie. thought that I thought that was for Lois when she calms him down after being reborn. What? I thought he thinks about Lois in that moment, and then they're just foreshadowing. That's the most important thing to Superman is yeah. Lois Lane. Okay. They're just See, foreshadowing that is not that apparently moment. clear to me at all. Yeah, I thought that was sort of just pointless. That I, I, I that I think is simple, but I, it, I think it's a not needed moment. We know that. We don't need to see Superman be like, ah, Lois. We had a whole movie where they fell in love. We had a whole other movie where they shows that like their relationship. We don't. We don't need to see him. You know, swoon over thoughts of her. Yeah. And we also have her whole depression arc about yeah. him dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was one joke in the Whedon cut that I actually really liked, and the Flash said it, and I can't remember what the fuck it was, but it was really good, <laughs> and it actually made me laugh. It was the only part of like the original or the original theatrical cut that I enjoyed more than the other. Than the Snyder Just cut, the one sequence. The, it was like a one-liner. <laughs> he said under his breath, and it was about a brand or something. I can't remember what the fuck it was. No, I can't remember. Either. Oh yeah, Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah, he goes Pet <laughs> Cemetery, <laughs> and I was I like, Haha. oh, I laughed. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think in both films, I still really enjoyed when, um, like, Cyborg catches. Arthur and he says my man like I love that part I just fucking love the line delivery of my man like aqua bro. warms me inside <laughs> oh there was the one shot of the the one shot specifically that I really liked of that third act battle in the Snyder Cut was the splash page that we get yes that was not in the Whedon Cut the splash page. of like all of them flying it with the Batmobile and everybody it's just their Avengers slows down shot. just enough yeah so I mean I I know you shared the the honest trailers thing with us and i'm yeah. sure you watched it they make a point of showing how many times as a team in the snyder cut they have them stand together in a line <laughs> and it's some ridiculous number of times that they just happen to stand together in a line and form a pose against something and it's awesome it's a cool look but it's like i didn't think of it during the movie but seeing it there it's like wow they did do that a lot <laughs> But I didn't mind it because it worked. It Another was thing from well. that, the honest trailers that I didn't, again, over four hours spaced out enough, you don't dwell on it. But how many times they say mother box over the course of the movie? <laughs> like when it's all that smashed together in a minute, like it's like, holy shit. 
Well, I mean, you could probably say the same thing about like the Infinity Stones or Infinity Gauntlet. It's just, True. Like, they're going to say that True. a fuck ton during that movie. Yeah. Um. Oh, the the aspect ratio was that distracting to anybody? Did you guys find with the black bars on the right and left instead of top and bottom? No, I didn't, didn't even notice. Didn't bother me. Yeah. Like I said, Ed, I think I told you guys like in our chat there, like it bothered me for the first few minutes and then I didn't notice anymore. Um, I do think it's kind of weird because it obviously like the footage was not shot that way. This was like a design choice. Well, this is what I tried to look up too, is that apparently after while shooting BVS, Snyder wanted to start using like the IMAX format. And wanted mm-hmm. to shoot the entire movie in IMAX, but like shoot Justice League in IMAX, the entire thing. IMAX cameras are too cumbersome to shoot an entire movie like that. They're just too expensive, too big, too clunky to do that. So his solution was to shoot the film 35 millimeter um, in a in a different format. I think it was like one one by one point three three by one, which gives it more of like a square a square shape which would fit better in an IMAX screen. And his thought was to film that and then cut the top and the bottoms off the frame to fit the IMAX screen. But since it doesn't play for IMAX screens and you're putting it on your TV, the aspect ratio changes for what the TV can handle. So it makes it more of a square and they went with that format and it ends up cutting the sides off to keep the tall frame there. So, yeah, but I mean, the shots that he did for what we got as a theatrical release were not in that format. Yeah, well, that's the aspect ratio for the studio change or something. You know, they they took what was shot and just whatever he filmed in, cut the tops and bottoms off or the side, yeah, like you know, however it fits job. the frame. Yeah, that would, yeah, more or less, yes, the hack the frame to make it fit okay. the traditional ratio they needed. So, long story short, the what he shot in should look really good on an IMAX screen, but since we're watching at home, we don't have an IMAX screen. We're stuck you guys with didn't the square watch this box on, IMAX? on the TV. No, I, you know what? I got the IMAX in the backyard. I just hopped into it. I, <laughs> I just, I just went downtown to the theater. Uh, you went to the Science Center and hopped mm-hmm. into the curved screened IMAX even? There you go. Um, nice. no, um, they got rid of that. <laughs> it's not curved anymore. They updated. Is it not curved? I, no. It has been that long since I've been there. I mean, yeah. it was in the last like three, four years they updated it. Okay, I, it's been over ten years since I was there. Anyways, I'm it was one. Of, it was I think one of the last three in the world, and then they updated to the new IMAX, so that's not curved anymore. Gotcha. So you can no longer see the original vision of Lord of the Rings in IMAX. <laughs> I did a little bit of a tangent, but did anyone see one of the memes that came out a few days after this that said like, due to the success and and you know welcomed nature of of this uh peter jackson will be recutting lord of the rings into an eight and a half day version (laughs) (laughs) put chapters in the middle we'll be fine Mm -hmm. they probably have enough footage (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know anything else you guys want to wrap up with snyder cut I mean, I feel like I should ask which version you prefer over the other, whether it's the the theatrical Whedon cut or Snyder cut. But I feel like I know everybody's answer. I, I it's not that, but I I think this is something we haven't explicitly said, but we have maybe danced around it with 
talks about like you know the fans brought this out and stuff and it was really weird and this you know we're not going to get an airs cut this other stuff's not going to happen you know even though i keep bringing up it's happened with star wars (laughs) but i I think we just haven't explicitly said that this only exists because they needed to get more subscribers for hbo max that is a big selling point yes literally the only reason they okayed this is (laughs) hbo max wasn't doing that well and they needed something, so they said, fuck it, let's let Zach do his thing, although, and maybe he won't be pissed at us anymore. Although, HBO Max didn't launch until when? This past fall. Yeah. It, it was... This was a late addition to HBO Max. It was not right when it premiered, we're going to get this. But, they but, talked about but, this after, I thought. Right, but I think the... So, they... I remember reading all this stuff in the last, like, two weeks, that the announcement... Maybe they were worried about preliminary um focus groups or research on who would be interested in an hbo product but snyder and henry cavill made the snyder cut announcement back in like may or june oh so that was way before this the actual service started then correct so like i said okay. they, i 100 percent don't doubt the part where they thought okay this is the platform we're going to do it on it's not like we're going to do dvds or another theatrical release so that will be a big thing it serves but um i i don't think it was in reaction yet to well we launched hbo max it's been out for x number of months or whatever and it's not doing well let's do this thing that we're still not going to get out for another 10 months right but it's also for the hbo go numbers because you could at that point side subscribe for just that online that is true that's like, a possibility already their online hbo thing true e- either way it was how they planned to launch hbo max whether it was a plan because they were panicking because they weren't going to get enough people involved or it was just a straight up plan to get people interested in the first place either way they knew it would get attention oh yeah absolutely and that's what they wanted from it. and i'll admit this is half the reason i signed up for hbo max was the other half titans <laughs> no the the other half was the uh fresh prince reunion <laughs> uh, yeah that that's on their problem <laughs> um it's i guess sort of it sort of spins back around with what we opened and ian kind of reminded me so since you know we got the fan support to get this thing made hbo went through with it do you think not to not spinning with like do you think we're going to see more pushes for this stuff too but I guess do you think this could open the door for other streaming services or or maybe specifically Warner Brothers and HBO Max to do other director's cuts just you know unused footage that wasn't used just give us an extended cut of some kind of movie and but instead of releasing it on home video just start putting it out on streaming services could we see more of that I think we've talked about it before, like for something in this specific instance, there's just not that extra footage Yeah. to actually do it. There's not enough to make something different enough. Like you already get your, you know, DVD director's cuts, but there wouldn't be enough to make a transformative one. Right. So, I mean, could we start seeing them just releasing the director's cut version when they put it on their streaming service as well? Like the one you would already normally get included in maybe a Blu-ray version? Sure. Yeah. But I don't think we would see any more, something more expansive than that. That's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else to wrap up or do we want to end with like, uh, some ratings? I, I just want to say too, then. So Godzilla is a giant lizard, right? (laughs) Okay. Next week, save it for next week. (laughs) I don't know where you're going, but I'm going to stop you right there before we go another (laughs) 30 minutes on this. 
Good, because I had nothing planned. I didn't know what I was going to say next. Because <laughs> he hasn't finished the movie yet. He doesn't know what happens. Well, I was also trying to not spoil anything. <laughs> so I was like, well, they know he's a lizard. Fuck, fuck. What else do they know? <laughs> King Kong is a giant gorilla. But he's also only Kong right now. Oh, God, what? What? <laughs> All right, so let's let's end the Snyder Cut review with our ratings out of 10. So for Zack Snyder's Justice League, and oh, for the record too, Josh and Mike, like I said, I went back I and I don't listened. want to know what I rated it originally. I listened to the theatrical version oh, when we reviewed it. Do you want to take a stab at what you guessed it, what you rated it? I know, to tell you I, know you I felt it? good about it when I first reviewed it, and since then, it has, my opinion of it has plummeted terribly. Do you have a, do you have a guess or you want me to tell you? I, you know what? I wasn't taking ratings as seriously then. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> um, now that, now that, no, seriously, now that we're doing, you know, the the whole rewind theater thing, and we're giving like a well thought out reviews, I do kind of think things through a little bit. More. <laughs> Fair. Um, I know what but, I hope yeah, I sure. gave it. Give me pain. So, all right, Josh, what did you think you gave it? I hope I gave it like a four. I fear that I gave it like a six to seven. Right on. You, Six point five or seven is where you said in the episode. Oh man, for yeah, that one. I, I, I definitely mimic Mike I though. That I that. like that. It's kind of thinking about it in a much different prism now. Mike, you and I were on the same page for this one, which is higher than Josh. Uh, you and I both rated it seven point five. All right, I'm not okay. the worst. And I thought Charles <laughs> Whedon was the biggest hack we were. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like I don't think like you guys might drop it a lot lower than that. I after watching it again, I don't think it's terrible. I don't think the the Whedon theatrical cut of this movie is bad. I think if that has all we got, sure, it doesn't live up to the movies that came before. But for a two hour movie that just had to connect the dots and move a story forward and give us some cool moments with these characters, it works. I might only drop I mean, it to like a six and a half or a seven if I reviewed stop it reviewing right now. the Turtles movies. I I mean I would probably drop it to a five. Like if I was gonna review it today, I'd put that one around a five. Yeah. But. But okay, so we're not talking about the Whedon cut. So for Snyder cut out of ten, where does everybody fall? Uh, Ian, I'm just gonna get you out of the way because I feel like I know where you're going. Well, you already gave us your ten. You're eleven. No, I gave it an eleven. You're eleven. <laughs> These guys. Uh, his Andy. Goes to so, the, so wait, this is above Watchmen. This. <laughs> I, I I am I've been I've been on a letter writing campaign to Warner Brothers, HBO Max, Zach's agent, and others, letting them know that we need to get this in theaters for at least three and a half weeks so it qualifies for the Oscars because <laughs> it will be Zach's first win for Best Picture when that happens. They're just gonna rename the Oscars. So is him. that a yes? It's better than Watchmen. It might be the best film to have come out. Since film was invented. <laughs> I feel like he's dodging this question. Well, I feel like we should go back and listen to the Watchmen review, because I feel like he said something very similar to that <laughs> on the Watchmen review. <laughs> is is this better than Watchmen? It is the best... Zachary Answer the question, sir. <laughs> yes about, or no question. About characters based on these DC properties of all time. And dare I say better than any Marvel movie that has been released to date. Th this line of questioning I'm could be an entire no. episode in itself. So you might just want to move on. Yeah. All right, we're sticking 11 out of 10. It may or may not be better than Watchmen. Andy, what do you got out of 10? Uh, I... I really enjoyed this Snyder cut I would give it an 8 okay 
So uh, just the- uh, theoretically, because you never reviewed the Whedon cut, right? Would you, how would you rate that in comparison? I would probably give the Whedon cut a five and a half. Okay. Uh, Josh, where do you stand for Snyder cut? I think I could give it a seven and a half. However, I distinctly specifically remember telling Sarah as we were watching it that I am taking off a full half point of whatever rating I come up with for the this exact moment, which is worse in the Whedon cut, but it still is very insufficient in Zach's, which is after the Superman resurrection, they have the fight in Memorial Park. And they still, I could have, I, 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 if you would have like gunned to my head, I would have bet my life that this aspect of it was a Joss Whedon revision and they just did, you know, cut some stuff and made it. Blah, blah, blah. They're having the fight and they, all four of these super powered people, one of them that can move at the speed of goddamn light. All of them leave the freaking mother box. <laughs> One of only three that they need to protect, knowing that this is the only one left to protect, and they leave it a thousand yards away for the villain to just transport down, yell at some humans, and piss off with it. That When I saw the theatrical cut the first time, I remember thinking, this is the moment where I know this movie is bad. And since that was not strongly enough different in this this loses half a point because that one what's funny is like i said i, I just went back and listened to that episode so i i feel like i heard you argue about this back then <laughs> like just yesterday it stands out to me so badly it's so like a sore thumb so this gets a seven okay uh mike i'll stick with what i said earlier in the episode at an 8.5 okay you know and I kind of gave my general thoughts then, but yeah, it's really solid. Um, it has a few, you know, missteps, but it's a really good movie. Uh, I'm I feel like surprisingly going to go a little bit higher than you guys. I'm thinking nine for me. I thought you were going to go with twelve. <laughs> not 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 higher than you. I don't think any of us are going to ever go higher that, than you. That or anything would definitely Snyder be related. better than Watchmen in a twelve. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I, I don't feel like the four hour time felt bloated to me. Uh, I think there was enough new stuff there to keep me interested the whole time, which I guess, again, I did, I would like to watch it again. Cause I feel like that would really solidify where I fall with a rating to see if I'm bored or like rolling my eyes for some of the stuff that happens the second time through knowing how the story is going to play out and what ha- what is there in addition. Like the first time I'm watching it, I'm just looking for like, okay, what's new? Give me all the new stuff. That's what I want to see. And there was enough there to keep me occupied and keep me going. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate more story. That was something I think the theatrical cut lacked. So any more story we got, I was eating up and I loved it. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with a nine for right now. But yeah, I think that's, that's where we're going to end this one. Um, it's, we're, we're still up in the air what we're doing next week. I don't know if we're going to do Turtles 3 as next for Rewind Theater or as we've started to allude to Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong. That's what the name of the title is. You should have uh, just recorded both. <laughs> okay, next week we're doing Turtles and then stopped. Next week we're recording. King <laughs> just Kong. edited it. The well, problem is I yeah. don't know. I don't even know if we're going to know what we're recording by the time I edit this. Still might have to figure that out after the fact. Well, then you got the Labic cut. <laughs> <laughs> Put up the same episode, just changing two seconds in there while I <laughs> plug the next episode. 
so yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. <laughs> One of those two will happen next week. Whether we'll do rewind theater or uh, if all of us can get to Godzilla vs Kong this weekend, we'll probably try to record that next weekend i know ian and mike are chomping at the bit to talk about that one finally because we've been hyping that up for years <laughs> so we will see how that goes uh so that's it for us uh if you've enjoyed the show please support us leave a five-star rating and review give us a share on social media you can follow or subscribe to the show on spotify itunes google anchor stitcher hopefully anywhere you listen to a podcast you can find us uh you can find us on facebook search bright guy into super friends or go to facebook.com slash bright guy super friends you can send us questions, comments, topic suggestions, any of that stuff there. You can try to email us, bryguysuperfriends at gmail.com. It's working. It's there. I it's, won't check it probably ever. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at BGSuperFriends. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitch at JediBryGuy. That's Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. Uh, if we do live, any live episodes, we will do them there. Uh, occasionally, I may or may not stream video game stuff. That is also there. Um... That's about it. That's all the places you can find us. Uh, if you want to check us out there and on behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time.